Welcome to the Iowa Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics podcast. The Iowa Academy is an affiliate of the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. We are a nonprofit organization with over 900 members, including registered dietitians, dietetic technicians, and dietetic students. We promote and enhance our profession through activities, conferences, and more to help improve the lives of Iowa citizens through evidence-based practices. This podcast will highlight upcoming events and how being a part of the Iowa Academy can help you grow as a professional through continuing education, networking, and serving in a leadership role. We offer scholarships, awards, and grants to recognize great leaders for the profession and provide them with funds to assist them in meeting their career goals. Head over to eatrightiowa.org for more information. And now, let's get on with the show. Hello, this is Allison St. Germain, your president for the Iowa Academy. And today we are talking with Ruth Litchfield, registered dietitian and executive director for the Iowa Academy. Hi, Ruth. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for inviting me. So you've been a registered dietitian for a while and have spent many years in academia. Can you tell us more about how you became interested in dietetics and then a bit about your career path? Absolutely. I won't go back to the whole history, but let's just say a long time ago, (laughs) you know, when I was in high school, um, you know, I think I was the typical high school kid that was very interested in sports and, and recognized the importance of nutrition and exercise at that age. Um, And then while I was in college, uh, was really when we started seeing insurance and healthcare start to talk about preventive medicine. Um, of course, nutrition exercise, in my mind, fit right into preventive medicine. But, you know, even though we've been talking about preventive medicine for a long time, we're still not there. We're still treating yeah. illness rather than preventing it. So it's, it's a little frustrating, but that's really the reason that I became interested in dietetics. Mm-hmm. And I re- also recognized, you know, I could have gotten a degree in exercise science, but there's more opportunity and there's more doors open to you with that background in nutrition than there is in the exercise science area. Um, I took a non-traditional route to becoming an RD. Uh, most take uh, either the coordinated program or the dietetic internship to become a registered dietitian. But when I was in college, there were actually, I think, five different ways you could become a registered dietitian. And, oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. And I mean, you all had to have the same amount of coursework, you know, that stayed pretty much the same, but how you got your work experience varied. So I actually got my RD because I was getting an advanced degree in nutrition. And then I had a pre-planned work experience at a local hospital. Um, So yeah, it was a, a, it's not a path that you commonly hear people using, but that was available. We're not going to say in which decade that was. <laughs> but, um, you know, so I did a non-traditional route. But then when I actually got into practice, I started out in outpatient. That was a, um, a favorite area of mine. I did a lot of outpatient work. Um, I also did some consulting. Um, I'd done some community or public health. Um, and yes, then I did get into academia where I worked with the internship. And then I also worked with Iowa State University Extension. And if I were to share my favorites... Uh, I think my favorite paths were when I was working in cardiac rehab, 
And one of the reasons that I like that is, you know, those people were so motivated. They really wanted to know, you know, what should they be eating? How could they maximize what they were um, consuming so that they would have a healthy heart? Um, And we did grocery store tours, and it was great. It was really fun to teach them how to take that knowledge about saturated fat, but then apply it to their food choices. So I thought it was very rewarding. And then I would say the other favorite I had was when I worked in the dietetic internship. And I actually got to travel across the state and work with preceptors and interns. And I got to see so many cutting-edge practices. And I got to see a variety of how, you know, there's more than one way to skin the cat. And that was just really rewarding to me. Well, thank you for sharing that. I mean, I've known you for years. And I guess I didn't know your path as far as the non-traditional way. And I didn't even know that that was an option. So, And I also found it interesting because... I actually didn't even know, because um, I lived in a small town, I didn't even know what a dietitian was until I had already been to college for a couple of years and um, discovered it. So I always love talking to people on how they discover dietetics and their path, and everybody is so different. So that was really interesting to hear that. I also liked cardiac rehab when I did. I only got experience with that, though, in my internship. And I really, well, actually, it was the, the coordinated program that I did, but when I was at Methodist doing the clinical part, I absolutely loved that too. And for very similar reasons why you liked it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a very motivated population. (laughs) Yes, for sure. So what excites you about our profession of dietetics and where do your passions fly? You know, I think the diverse opportunities that are available. Um, I think you'd be hard pressed to find very many uh, professions that have so many opportunities or different lanes to practice in Um, you know you talk about community nutrition public health clinical management um, in government agencies or in the nonprofits or in the industry it's just Mm -hmm. so many opportunities I personally tend to be drawn towards the community public health side again coming Mm -hmm. back to that initial interest in preventive medicine Um, and you know, I know some would argue with me, but from my perspective, I think opportunities in community and public health have increased a bit while the clinical and the acute care setting has decreased a bit just because, you know, people are in and out of that hospital so quickly anymore. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that the opportunities in community have grown. For example, we have a lot of alums that are working in school nutrition. And, you know, school nutrition did not have our registered dietitians, you know, 15, 20 years ago. That's been yes. a recent thing. Yes. And public health. I mean, we've got an alum who is the director of the county public health department in the state. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that it's those diverse opportunities that um, I think attracts a lot of people to the profession. Yes, and I agree. I mean, the, and more keep coming, popping up because um, when I was graduating with my undergrad, school nutrition, dietitians just weren't in that arena. And so, um, so many exciting things, I feel like, where dietitians are needed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, you've recently retired from Iowa State University, and you've taken on this role of executive director for the Iowa Academy. Can you tell us what you do in this role? <laughs> Can I say I'm still trying to figure it out? (laughs) 
Um, well, honestly, yes, I am still um, learning lots. Um, and I, but if I were to sum it up in one statement, I would say that I'm here to support the board and council and the work that they're doing. Um, it is so important that, you know, our professional organization, we are working with volunteers on our board and council and kudos to those of you that are on the board and council, you know, they mm-hmm. their time to help move our profession along in this state. And I'd also put out a, a call for those of you who are interested in a leadership position, please, please step up. The more we have, the lighter the load it is for everyone. And there's many opportunities out there. Uh, available. You can earn continuing professional education by serving in these leadership roles. Um, So working with the board and council to move their agenda forward and our profession forward is my primary um, role is how can I help support and facilitate that. You know, some of the logistics or the nuts and bolts of it are things like our simplified diet manual. Um, The 13th edition was just released. And so I work a lot with taking in those orders, getting those processed, making sure they're getting fulfilled. Um, I get at least three to five emails every day um, from various folks with questions about either nutrition and dietetics or where can I find uh, a professional in my area. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a, the financials for our organization, so keeping track of our books, um, our incomes, and our expenses. I also have a role in proofing and helping make sure that the newsletter and the website have current up-to-date information. Um, I track down information that the board and council mm-hmm. might need. Uh, so, for example, I had to jump into the Secretary of State website for some information as to help us operate as a nonprofit. Um, also, there's support that can be provided to our new regions. And we also have a practice group that I, I can help provide some support to as well. So, but really, how do I help move the board and council, their agenda, and move our profession forward in this state is my primary role. And it is a big job. I mean, everything you listed off, it's super important and it is time consuming. And so we, of course, um, are all appreciative of that. And you mentioned something. You said that, you know, we need help in many arenas. And right now I'm just going to put a plug out for our annual conference that we do. It's going to be in Dubuque in November. However, we started planning just today for that. And we do need volunteers to be on the committee. And so in the show notes, I will let you know who you need to contact in order to help us. We need help with planning the food. We need help with exhibitors and, you know, contacting them, getting all of that, sponsorships, speakers. And so you can choose which committee you want to be on. So I will put that information in the show notes. And so thank you so much, Ruth, for all of your years in service to the profession of dietetics. And what is your vision for leading the Iowa Academy as executive director? You know, I I don't know that I have the clearest vision at this point in time. I think it'll become <laughs> clearer as I understand more what I'm supposed to be doing. Oh, sure. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think uh, how can we make a difference for our members and for Iowans when it comes mm-hmm. to food and nutrition and our profession? Yeah. Um, you know, I want us to be recognized as the food and nutrition experts. I want to be open-minded to opportunities that might present themselves for our organization. So it's really how do I help 
our members and Iowans as a whole when it comes to food nutrition and how can we help with some maybe new opportunities that we haven't realized yet? Oh, absolutely. And that vision aligns very well with our mission and, you know, vision statement for the Iowa Academy too. So as a dietitian in Iowa, what do you feel are some important issues we need to be aware of and what should we be doing as dietitians to get involved and to make a difference? I would say one of our critical issues is food security. Uh, I think that has become much more in the public domain, uh, particularly with COVID. Um, You know, food is a basic human right. And we have people who don't have access. And I should I should clarify, not just food, but nutritious food. Mm-hmm. You know, not it's just not about having food, but it's having nutrition food, accessible and available um, in a manner that's suitable to all. Um, so I think that's a real um, concern that we have right now. And that's impacting a lot of our health care and our health care status of certain um high-risk groups. And so I I see it as a real issue. And you can't talk about food security without talking about the food system. Mm -hmm. Uh, Unfortunately, I'm very disappointed in how the discussions about the food system are going because they're very polarized. Mm -hmm. And I think the solution, short and long-term, is somewhere in the middle. But right now we've got, you know, either end. And it's just such a polarized discussion that I don't see us moving forward because... Uh, well, by human nature, I think a lot of us are stubborn, but um, we need to get beyond that polarized view. And, you know, so some of the key topics in the food system right now, you know, local foods is a, a hot um, topic and, you know, is being talked about by a number of groups. Uh, you know, one of the limitations with depending on local foods for our food system is that, you know, we can't grow everything locally. You know, I'm I'm sure there's others out there who would still like to have pineapple and kiwi and bananas, um, but we can't grow that locally. So we can't locally grown is not the sole answer. It's part of the answer um, because, yeah, it's more likely that it's been harvested more at its peak um, maturity. It's maybe optimal nutrient status because it's not being transported. It's not being processed. But there are certain things that you can't have access to in local. Um, I also see GMOs as a topic that's occurring within the food system. And for me, this is one of the most teachable moments that dietitians can take a hold of. Mm-hmm. Um, we have consumers who really don't understand what genetically modified is, and they think genetically modified is genetic engineering, and they're mm-hmm. two different topics. Um, most people don't understand the difference between genetic engineering and genetically modified. You know, we're all genetically modified. We, <laughs> we all came from two sets of genes coming together. We're a genetically modified organism because of yeah. those things that happened when we were conceived. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you know, the genetic engineering is more where they're inserting specific genes uh, for qualities that are ideal for food production. So there's a teachable moment here for us to help consumers understand that difference. Mm-hmm. And so that they can make more educated decisions in what they choose to eat. Um, but I do see some uh, positives to GMOs. Typically, most think of the negatives about GMOs. But positives are we can increase our food supply 
through genetic modification because we can develop disease or drought-resistant crops Mm -hmm. that will help feed the world. Um, So that's another topic I think that dietitians need to take on. You know, and I'm not trying to say that conventional farming is, you know, just great and doesn't have any issues. There's some challenges there as well. We have some folks who um, have been poor stewards of our land, um, mm-hmm. but conventional farming can contribute to that world hunger um, issue that's going on. So I think, you know, this whole food system and some of these um, topics where people really don't understand their true definition of like the genetic modification versus engineering. Mm-hmm. And we need to remember our food system is driven by what we as consumers demand. Mm-hmm. You know, the food system responds to what we're purchasing. And so we drive what's being produced because it's what we're buying. And so we need to remember that, um, that, you know, we as dietitians, but also all consumers are driving that food system. Yes, you touched on some excellent points there. And it seems that, and it just seems to be getting worse with the misinformation out there. And part of it, I feel like, comes from there's so much information that people have access to on the internet. They get worried about, I mean, the scare tactics that are out there and tend to listen to the influencers that usually don't have the qualifications to be talking about what they're talking about and their voices seem to be the loudest. And so totally agree with you that dietitians need to be the ones educating and we have an opportunity there. Absolutely. So to wrap up, besides nutrition, what other interests do you have outside of your career? So I would say really anything that is outdoors is something that is of interest to me. I like being outdoors. So this time of year is really hard for me. Oh, yes. (laughs) Um, One of my goals is to try and visit every national park in the country. Oh, my goodness. I think that would (laughs) be phenomenal if I could do that. So that's one thing that I have on my bucket list. Um, I like to snow and water ski. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a garden at home. I have chickens, and we have a small herd of um, Aberdeen Angus um, in our acreage. So, yes, again, anything outdoors, I seem drawn to. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's great, and I'm very fond of those little Angus that you raise. <laughs> so thank you Ruth today for joining us and it was a pleasure getting to know you better yeah it was great to have this time to visit with you thank you that concludes our show for today remember to take some time each and every day to celebrate you thank you for joining us today be sure to check the show notes or eatrightiowa.org if you're interested in learning more about the Iowa Academy You will find important updates, resources, continuing educational opportunities, many of which are free, job postings, and more. Thank you for listening. The Iowa Academy of Nutrition Dietetics, the real nutrition experts.